Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Pete Smart, co-author of the book, One in 100, Living with Bipolar. This book is a partly self-help book on bipolar disorder written by Pete's late wife, late wife, Lorna, with some poems and short stories written by Lorna, her daughter, Lydia, and Pete himself. Pete, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Sloan. Yes, nice to meet you. So let's start out by telling the audience maybe just a little bit about yourself, about Lorna and your book, One in 100. Yeah, a bit about myself. Um, I live in a, a town called Colville in uh, Leicestershire, which is in the Midlands, between Leicester and Birmingham, basically, uh, coal mining town. Um, I had some nervous breakdowns myself mm-hmm. and uh, ended up going to a mental health support group. And there I met this lovely lady called Lorna. Uh, she'd had several hospital stays with bipolar disorder. Uh, we sort of clicked straight away, mm. but after a few months, we did break up. But then eight years later, we got back together again, got engaged and got married. Oh, wow. So, yes. Uh, so that was something really positive <laughs> coming out of that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And so we were, we were made for each other, really, because... I'm sort of sticking the mud, won't try anything new, uh, don't do that, I'd rather not. And Lorna was quite, um, I suppose with the bipolar, uh, she was quite spontaneous and, oh, let's have a go at this, let's have a go at that. Oh, yeah. So she got me to do things I wouldn't have normally done, and then I helped her to control the worst parts of a mania, uh, especially in overspending and Mm. things like that. Yeah, so it sounds like you balanced each other out well there. Yeah. And yeah. you saw, well, we both had a sense of humor, so uh, we'd always be playing little jokes on each other and things. Right, uh, right. Now, I remember one of the wedding anniversaries, it was uh, the present was supposed to be fruit and flowers. Uh, and it, our wedding anniversary was the 10th of December. So I wrapped this present up, and it was uh, a jar of cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. So I says, well, there's your fruit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was a bag of homemade, uh, homemade self-raising flour to make mince pies with because it was going up to Christmas. I says, there's your flowers. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she thought that was funny. I forget, what, how did she get me back the next year? Ooh, can't remember. But she yeah. got me back the next year. She got me <laughs> wrapped up at night. <laughs> so we're always yeah. having little jokes like that. Yeah, because of, um, Lorna's illness was quite um, controlling at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so surprisingly, she still had a great sense of humour. Uh, the medication sometimes would make her very tired, mm. and uh, she'd spend a lot of time in bed. Uh, I used to go uh, take her breakfast up in bed. 
most days and the medication and we'd have a chat and then she said I'd be getting up in about an hour and then I'd check again and it might be another hour and then she'd spend a lot of time in bed mm. um side effects of the medication also if she was on the depressed side of the bipolar um uh, she you know she didn't really want to do a lot and couldn't do a lot right. and then other days the opposite would be uh the sort of manic type episodes uh when <laughs> i couldn't keep up with her at all um she probably worked three times faster than a normal person but get so much done including when writing this book uh or occasional housework or out shopping or whatever she was taking into and she'd go for it full belt then yeah. so it, it's such a contrasting illness which is obviously why it's called bipolar uh the downside when you can't do much at all and the upside you know sometimes you can't stop talking like me now or uh <laughs> you know yeah, there's the opposite ends of the spectrum there. You're busy. You're busy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so let's get into the book a little bit a little bit more. So Lorna had did, was her intention to write a book, or was that something that uh, you and her daughter decided um, after her passing? And which, by the way, I'm very sorry for your loss there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, what happened? Uh, Lorna had written her first book called Snappy but Happy when she was uh, in a mental hospital. And that got published a few years uh, before we got married. And mm-hmm. um, this book, Lorna started researching it in 2011. And it's surprising how much uh, research she actually did. She used to work on it hours and hours and hours. She'd sometimes be up till six in the morning, still looking something up on the internet. So mm-hmm. she'd print information off or write information down, read lots of books, and then... All through the book, she's uh, illustrated um, things like that by uh, using examples from her own uh, illness and treatment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, she she did write this book herself. Uh, that was about a two-year job. And then, <laughs> then we started typing it. That was even longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, our computer crashed. But we had... We had uh, a memory stick, so we'd got most of it on the memory stick. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, at the time, we were uh, in financial hardship and couldn't afford a new computer. So it had to wait. And then in in, uh, early January 2020, Lorna uh, had gone to the doctors about uh, pain in her mouth, lumps in her throat. They thought... First of all, they thought it was mumps because mm-hmm. we'd both had a virus beforehand. And eventually then we got sent to see a specialist. And then he told Lorna that it, it was actually tongue cancer oh. and then secondary cancers in the uh, mouth, neck and throat. And uh, Lorna went off for all these tests and she came through them all to say, yes, it's OK, you can have the operation. But then COVID really hit uh Leicester at that time mm-hmm. March 2020 Leicester was the covid capital of the country and so our operation got cancelled unfortunately then they had to try radiotherapy instead it wasn't very successful and during the last course of treatment in June 
2020, she caught a chest infection and then sadly passed away on the 26th of June. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry for your life. I'm saying the book, the worst, the worst day of my entire life. Yeah. So that was that was that. So I wasn't thinking about books at that stage. Yeah. And then uh, our publisher, who is Author House, they rang me. Um, uh, I think it was March 2021. Uh, how's the book going? Uh, can I speak to Lorna? <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. So I explained what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I had a word with uh, Lorna's daughter, Lydia. And uh, we decided we wanted the book published. Uh, I just started my old age pension because I'm 68. <laughs> and uh, I got a new laptop that we could produce it all on and then write it up. And then over the next several months, we were tidying it up and writing several pieces. I, I put a forward in, and then I also put the epilogue in about mm. the end. Mm-hmm. And I've also got a chapter in the book, um, Living with Lorna. And it begins with uh, Lorna is a person who lives with bipolar. Since I live with Lorna, I'm a person who has to live with Lorna's bipolar. So there's a chapter on that as well. So there's quite a lot in it. So, yeah, Lorna wrote it mainly because she she felt so well in recovery that she wanted to help other people. That was her main motive in uh, wanting it published. So we carried on uh, as a memorial to Lorna and uh, to help the people that Lorna wanted to help. Right. Yeah. And that's so lovely to carry on that her intention with the book and and bring that to the world. As you were going through this process, um, what did you learn about Lorna, maybe about bipolar, or even maybe about some misconceptions that people have about bipolar that you hope that this book helps, um, you know, helps people understand a little more? Yes. Well, uh, if you read in the very first chapter, I think it is, or the second chapter, there's a list of very famous people uh, who the believers suffered from bipolar. Uh, Kurt Cobain, Vivian Lee, famous for Gone with the Wind and being married to Laurence Olivier, uh, the American poet Sylvia Plath, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, English humorist, writer, director, actor, everything, uh, Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. He's got bipolar and uh, a brief heavyweight boxing champion called Frank Bruno from uh, the UK. He managed to win the world title. Uh, he's got bipolar. So it's it's not um, a totally isolating illness or you shouldn't feel isolated with it because, uh, and as the book title says, one in 100 people uh, are expected to have bipolar at some stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite a lot of people. Right. <laughs> when you yes. think how many people there are in the world, mm-hmm. I think, is it something like 60 million or something like that across the world? And they've all got uh, friends, partners, parents, children, and whatnot. So all those sort of people can get an understanding of the bipolar and uh, try not to feel stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And then Lorna laid out a few things. Uh, on on how best to help yourself mm, um, yeah positive yes. attitude getting help uh, when you get medication make sure you take it that's very important 
and uh, then uh, following a sensible diet, trying to relax, try to do things that don't upset you and keep you keep you going, and also uh, what's I saying? Sleep mm, if, yeah. if you can manage sleep. Yeah, Una had trouble with sleep because she also had sleep apnea, so mm. she had to wear a sleeping mask every night. I didn't get much sleep with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So when you were, and I guess with, um, you know, with everything with the book and, and being able to tell this story, um, what's one of your favorite parts of the book, maybe that you wrote or that Lorna wrote, or even that Lydia wrote that you really, really loved that, that was in the book? Yeah. Um, there's, um, on page one, Lorna's talking about each day is a struggle, and that's how she found every day. You just mm-hmm. didn't know what you were going to get. Right. Each day is a challenge and is difficult for me. Some people who suffer from this illness don't have many good days, but just experience bad days. I'm more positive and confident about everyday life, whereas when I was down... I was really negative. When I first got sick in December 1999, I was more or less in a hopeless state. However, this is nobody's fault, and it's just a freak of nature. Uh, So she's saying how she was. Mm -hmm. I don't get many manic episodes now, only when I sing. (laughs) I get very elated, high, and I can't seem to come down to earth. Yes, apart from suffering from depression, I also suffer from panic attacks, mainly when I go out, which isn't very often. My GP has prescribed me propanolol, which seems to suit, and I carry this tablet wherever I go. That was uh, just a brief description of sort of a day's life, Mm, but she's also written some good poems. Um, It's not too long. Page 93. This is one of Lorna's, Am I Going Mad? Okay. This title of the poem. The thoughts within my brain are driving me insane. The thoughts inside my head have almost gone dead. My brain feels empty like a sieve. This is often how I live. A chemical imbalance makes me think wrong thoughts. I misbehave. I'm out of sorts. I was guilty of no crime, just ill and sectioned for a time. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. However, this wasn't true. The quacks got it all wrong like they sometimes do. I was misdiagnosed, there's no doubt. I have bipolar, which affects the mind. It's a part of me that I have declined. I'm up one minute and down the next. My mood swings vary and I get perplexed. I'll tell you one thing that keeps me sane. That's doing crosswords, which help my brain. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, um, I think especially for maybe anyone who's not familiar with bipolar or maybe is trying to understand it a little more, having insight into someone's day like that is very helpful because it's, it's hard to understand that if you, if you're not experienced that or not going through it yourself. That's right. 
Yeah. Yes, I can I can say the same because uh, I developed severe agoraphobia in the 1990s and I've written a, a few poems about agoraphobia, mm-hmm. including one called Postcards from Everest, which mm-hmm. I'd recommend. Uh, but it does go on a bit, like me, and uh, it basically describes being afraid to go out. Oh. So I would sit in the chair... And want to go out, but all my muscles were tense, and I wouldn't go. And I might sit there for quite some time, and then eventually say, "Oh, right, looks like I'm not going today," mm-hmm. and then relax the muscles. And then other days, uh, I'd have to go through rituals to get out of the house. Then I'd have to check the door was locked and everything like that. And then uh, I would have panic attacks. So. You got distorted vision. I used to think the pavement was at about 30 degrees. So I was really plodding my feet down because mm. I wanted to feel where the actual pavement was because I wasn't sure and keep going. And uh, then there was a particular part of the route I was going to take, which went over uh, a footbridge. But apparently there'd been some um, physical assaults there on, on oh. people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So apart from having the, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. But apart from having that and agoraphobia, uh, which is a fear of open spaces, public right. spaces, not just open public. Okay. Uh, it comes from the Greek apparently for marketplace, and uh, as well as having that, then you got the added fear. Oh. Are three are three people going to wait and beat me up when I get over the top? Yeah. So yeah. that made it really hard. And I, I go through I go through the whole experience. It goes on, and then at the end, um, I say something along the lines of, um, "Come on, it's not climbing Everest, but it is to me." Yeah. And I've managed it today, but will I even get out of the house tomorrow? It's uh, it's tough work. Um, yeah, and what I, I love about what we're talking about here, um, these are very, you know, heavy topics. They're things that um, if people don't understand, it's very easy to judge others. Um, but judging is the easy reaction. The human reaction is is taking the time to understand. And what you're talking about in your book, what you mentioned in your poem with, with your own experiences, that gives insight into other people, what's going on inside of other people um, to help understand. And that understanding, I think, is so key to um, to being human, right? To, to, yeah. to not take the easy way out and judge, but actually take the time to understand. Yes, that's quite right. Um, what was I meant to say? I've just thought of something again. It's just drifted. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's okay. It happens. <laughs> like I say, I am 68. It's happening a lot more these days. <laughs> well, maybe you'll think of it here in just a minute. We're um, we're coming to the end of our time together, Pete. So I, I wanted yeah. to thank you for, for joining me today. Um, before we close out, what do you hope the readers learn or take away after reading your book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a better understanding of bipolar, uh, what you can do to help yourself, uh, which is what Lorna 
has really focused on. So a lot of the chapters 2 to uh, 11, uh, Lorna's ideas on how how to help yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, making sure you get the right treatment, making sure you take medication, probably join a support group, meet, uh, meet or talk to people who've got a similar illness, this sort of thing. Uh, try and eat healthily, try and sleep, try and take exercise, all those sort of sensible things that uh, go to uh, making proper, uh, you know, making you properly healthy, both mentally and physically. Right. Because uh, a lot of people who, who experience poor mental health also experience poor physical health as right. a knock-on effect. Uh, if you're not going to go out, you're not going to get exercise. If you're not going to get exercise, you're not going to be fit. If right. you're not going to be, you might put weight on, uh, you might comfort eat and whatnot. So it can all have a knock on effect. Yes. And it's all about, as you were saying, the, the taking care of yourself portion of that, because I, um, that, that sounds like from what you're talking about is, is one of the key elements to, to be able to manage bipolar. That's what Lorna says. Yes. In, yeah. uh, in one of her, one of her books there, what is she, what has she got there? yeah and the other thing i put in um was never give up yeah yeah uh, lorna she the author the late author she never gave up she had bipolar for 20 years including several hospital stays and she called it uh, a monster of an illness uh but during recovery and managing her bipolar, she's managed to write two books. Right. So she's proved you can do it. So three, three, um, three short words uh, on uh, describing this would be patience, resilience, and hope. Mm-hmm. So uh, like Lorna, she got uh, bipolar from 2000, the year 2000, then she developed um, type 2 diabetes, insulin controlled. That was in 2011. And then in 2000 and... Uh, when was it? Probably 13. Uh, she then found she got sleep apnea. Mm. So, and then at the end, cancer. Uh, and she just took them in a stride. She did, <laughs> you know... If it had been me, it had been, oh, God, I've got this. Oh, I've got right. that. I'll never cope. Lorna just carried on. Right, I've got this. Uh, get on with it and uh, make the best of it and uh, enjoy your life as much as you still can, you know. So yeah, she, and it sounds like she had the out, that outlook of no matter what comes my way, I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to let it get me down. That's what she says. I put that in the book as well. She said that yeah. almost every day when she was diagnosed with a cancer. This is not going to beat me. I'm going to beat it. Mm, she kept yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love her, her message, her resilience and her, um, mm-hmm. you know, her, her willingness, because I, I, uh, I think that's just a great reminder for, for everybody, for everybody listening. So Pete, I want to thank you for joining us today and talking with us about your book, one in 100 living with bipolar. Um, again, I want to pay- thank you, Pete, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you. Yes, it's been uh, very pleasant talking to you as well, Sloane. Thank you very much. 
And you can find more about the book, One in 100, Living with Bipolar on Amazon. And I'll link to the book in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. <music>